We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are live. Once again, it is the Tuesday morning edition of the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. My name is Rob Doster. I'm a little in a little bit of a different locale. Uh, today I got, I got booted out of the office um, this morning. Had to mix it up a little bit down in the basement. Uh, Jeffrey, how you doing, sir? How's life? I'm excited for tonight's games. I mean, we got like a, a matinee, a matinee between Baylor and West Virginia. Like, what gets better than that, right? Baylor, and and we got some questions about Baylor, and we got Huggy Bear and his offensive juggernaut uh, Mountaineers, and then when we're done with that, baby, we get a little Illinois, Michigan. It's going to be an unbelievable night of basketball, and it's a Tuesday. Right, right. We, a, like, this is, to play. we need Iowa to play. It's not cleared yet whether whether he's going to be able to play. Um, I, I think he was just kind of waiting to go through concussion protocol is what I'm hearing at this point. Uh, hopefully he'll be able to go tonight. Yeah. I mean, let's just dive into it. We can get to last night's reaction, but I think we need to open up on, on tonight's games because they're, they're just going to be great. And so let's start. We can start with Michigan and, and Illinois. Um, over at Bet Rivers, I believe that line is still Michigan laying eight. Let me just double check. I got it right here in front of me. It is. Um, yeah, Michigan laying eight. That total is 147. Um, how much does things change for you if if Io does not play tonight? It's why I'm not doing anything with it yet. I, I think the line, I, I can't tell. Do you feel like the line is built in as if I was not playing? Yes, I think so. Me too. Um, so I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see because I still like Michigan even if Io plays, and I'm hoping the line goes, if he plays, it goes from like eight to maybe seven. And then I take Michigan. So I'm, I'm going to wait it out. It's like the one game I'm not – I'm just not going to do yet. I want to see the news. And honestly, I again, I'm just guessing I was going to give it a go here, that he's going to be out of concussion protocol. And I just feel like that first game back with a mask on, um, it's hard, man. It's hard to play when you, you've never played with a mask on. And, well, the only good part is we've all worn a mask a lot mm-hmm. over the last year. But not, not the mask he's wearing to play. Uh, if he plays, so I, you know, to I me, see I see what you did there, Goodman. Nice, yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, uh, I, there's a couple interesting things about this matchup. One, I think this is kind of the audition for Illinois to be a number one seed. Uh, I did not realize this until going back and looking at Oklahoma State's numbers after their win over Oklahoma last night. There are three teams in college basketball right now that have eight quad one yeah. wins. Do you know who they are? Michigan, yeah, 
and Illinois and and Oklahoma State. And and yours truly has been the only one who has had Oklahoma State higher than everybody else all year. And I can't mm-hmm. understand the analytics people. I don't get them with Virginia with Oklahoma State. And I feel like because we don't understand scoring margin. Oklahoma State is winning a whole bunch of close games because okay, has proven themselves. Why are to- we to hold it against them? A win is a win is a win, Robert Doster. Like to me. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're not wrong when it comes to like grading resumes and ranking them where they belong in uh, in terms of accomplishment. But there's a very big difference between a team that beat somebody by one and beat somebody by 20. And you understand that. And saying you don't understand that is just being silly. We're not going to talk about this because I'm just going to have to yell at you again for saying dumb things. So I get it. I get it. All I'm saying is Oklahoma State is worthy of being a top 10-ish team. And they've been worthy of being a top 20 team for most of the season. If you don't watch them, honestly, I, like, you're clueless. Like, Cade is so good. He wasn't even that good last night. But, man, like, at the end of a game, he just makes every right decision when he needs to. You can't rattle the dude. And, and they come out with wins. And as I tweeted last night, Rob, uh, maybe the best hire in the last two years was Mike Boynton's hire of Cannon Cunningham. Like, we talk about all the head coaching hires, and, and there's been some great ones. But that dude hiring Kate Cunningham's brother is the smartest move of the last two coaching carousels. Mm-hmm. Period. Because it's going to get him – listen, Mike Boynton, if he doesn't hire him – think about this. If he doesn't hire Cannon Cunningham, he's fired after this year. Can we agree? He's, he's gone. He's yeah, gone. Probably. And he's an assistant. Instead – He's going to get like a five-year extension for like two and a half million a year. That's not smart. Well, here's the thing. Um, I think it's very smart. I don't know how much that was just Mike Boynton being ahead of the curve and how much that was um, the Cunninghams knowing they wanted uh, Canada to get a shot at at a position. Like jumping the line is probably the wrong word, but trying to be able to get a shot at, at one of these um, high major assistant gigs and using Cade as an example of that. And Mike just having the best relationship with that family to be able to land. You know what I'm saying? Like I I, I'm sure that he was not the only person that would have been willing to give Cannon Cunningham a job. I think it says more about his ability to connect with people about yeah. his relationship with that family, his relationship with his players. than it does just like strictly being like, Hey, I'm going to go hire this guy to get this kid. Does that make sense? Like Kate could have gone anywhere he wanted and Cannon could have gotten a job anywhere he wanted. And they chose Oklahoma state for a reason. And they stayed at Oklahoma state, despite the fact that they had a postseason ban for a reason. So like, I get what you're right. You're not wrong. You're right. But I just want to make sure that people understand. And, and when, when we say this, it's not just Mike Boynton out there, hiring somebody to get a job because I don't want to I want to make sure that people understand this is about a guy being a great coach and building relationships as opposed to just someone out there hiring people because he knows it might be able to get him players is that you know what I'm saying yeah, I just want yeah, to no, make that point I get it it's both it's both yes. I mean no, no doubt it's both he's got the relationships but he also is smart enough to say you know what I'm gonna take a shot on this dude um yeah. And 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 basically, if I don't get his brother, I'm gone. I'm gone. Like I'm not. I'm not gonna make it. All right. Can I make a quick point about Michigan, Illinois, about that matchup? Sure. And I wanna. I wanna see what you think about this. So, I kind of feel like this is a situation where even if Iowa plays, Michigan ends up winning by like 15 points. And here's why. Yeah. Um, it's the same kind of matchup as we saw against Iowa, in the sense that 
Uh, Hunter Dickinson should be able to handle Kofi Coburn one-on-one the same way that he handled Luca Garza one-on-one. Like Dickinson is just a brick wall in the paint. He's seven-one. He's two hundred fifty pounds. He's strong as hell. He doesn't he look like strong him. as hell, but he's he's never seen it. like Luca's strong. Kofi's like like next level strong. No, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. But if there's anybody in the Big Ten that is capable of handling Kofi Coburn one-on-one in the post, it's Hunter Dickinson, right? And if that happens. Look at the rest of of Illinois' lineup, right? When they have their best five on the floor, it's probably Trent Frazier, Andre Corbello, uh, Adam Miller, and I would assume, and we've talked about this before, Jeff, that is a very, very small lineup. Kofi's huge. The rest of their lineup is small. It's basically Iowa at the four, and he's 6'4 and a point guard. So, and the rest of Michigan is – they have length. Yes. They yes. have length. Michigan can roll – Every other than Mike Smith. Right, and everywhere yeah. other than Mike Smith, they have like, and they can they can match up with those guys on on Illinois very well with Isaiah Livers, yep. Franz Wagner, and Shawnee Brown out there. Out, right, they sure. can do that. Yep. So, um, I just think that the size that Michigan has on their perimeter will overwhelm Illinois in this matchup, and to me, that's where the difference is going to end up being made, whether or not Kofi Coburn play. I'm um, sorry, Iowa Dasumu play. So if Iowa's there. You're telling me I shouldn't wait. I should just put in put in my bet now. I shouldn't wait, thinking it may come down a point. What do you what do you like honestly? I'm, that, I'm gonna, that's I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait because yeah. I'm gonna hope that that IO plays right. um and have it come down a little bit. Just you know, it's it's better to get a better line. Um, because I don't think it's gonna go up all that much when news comes out that IO doesn't play, right. is my Maybe guess. Up a point. Maybe a point. Maybe a point. Could yeah, go but it's, still, it's still worth it because if IO doesn't play. Then I just I don't know where the offense is going to come from from Illinois, and I'd feel very comfortable taking Michigan up to like ten, you know. Yeah. I'm so I'm, I mean, again, we're we're just so in on Michigan, and everybody is right now. And and you take Io off Illinois, and you can make a case, Rob, that nobody is more important to their team than Io Sumo is to, to <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy in the comments said, "Is Goodman the only grown man who drinks out of a solo cup?" <laughs> solo cup? Oh, oh that's yeah, today. That solo cup. <laughs> I don't have it today. I got the water today. Oh man, I love. So I, I I'm, I'm really all into the, uh, the arguments between Michigan fans and Illinois fans, and even Michigan coaches and, and Illinois coaches about um, sitting out and deciding not to play that last game. Uh, we already like we already have the people going back and forth in the comments, and and you know Armand is is all in on Illinois plus eight. So <laughs> I love it. No, because both fan bases like Michigan's got some like uh, a little bit of elitist uh, now, and 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 obviously with the football team being so shitty, they're they're all in with hoops this year. And yep. Illinois is just like hungry all the time. They're just like angry. They're an angry fan base that, especially with a team like Michigan. They, they just want to be good. I mean, like, they haven't been good like this in, in a while. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, trying to think the last time. I mean, it's, I don't want to go back to D. Brown and Darren Williams. They had their moments since then. But this is probably, in, in their opinion, their best chance to kind of puff out their chest. And then you got Michigan right now that can puff them out even more because, you know, they, they've ruled the Big Ten pretty much all season. Yeah, they're kicking everybody's ass. Um, right. It's – it's it's going to be something of a statement game for Illinois, and, and you know honestly, um, they looked great against Nebraska and Wisconsin, and and we've talked already kind of at length about how um, valuable these those minutes were that that Illinois played without Iowa Sumu and kind of forcing some of their younger guys uh, 
to uh, to step up and, and have to play a little bit of a bigger role. And, you know, maybe we see that come to fruition today. Like I, I think this is a very big um, statement game. And look, if Illinois wants to get that number one seed, they got to win one of these last two. They got to win at Michigan or they got to win at Ohio State. So yep. uh, we'll see what ends up happening there. Um, let's move to Baylor, West Virginia. Tipping yep. off at 5 o'clock. Nice early tip. Uh, that line right now is Baylor laying four and a half. It's come up. It was three and a half when it opened. Yeah. It's come up four and a half at Bet Rivers. That total is 148.5. I don't get I don't get why it's four and a half. I don't get why it, it went up to me because if anybody watched that Baylor game the other night, like as, as we've said, that wasn't Baylor against Kansas. Now they've had a couple more days here at practice. They had Sunday and and Monday, two more days. But ultimately, do we think that all of a sudden they're gonna look great? After two more days of practice, Rob, I, I don't. I mean, they were awful. Like in, in the two games now, coming back from from their their long pause, and eight guys uh, getting hit with COVID on their team, they're shooting thirty nine percent from the field and twenty seven percent from three. You know, this is a team that was shooting, I think, forty two percent from three. They were uh, forty. They were before the pause. They were shooting forty three point nine percent from three. Right, they're down to forty two now overall. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, I just think again. Now you're going to Morgantown against a pretty good West Virginia team, um, a team that the only thing I'll say to all this is last year, I, I, I don't know if I told you this, but when I talked to all these dudes for the story I did, um, I asked them about how hard it was for, for the tournament to be, you know, tell me if I already told you this, how hard it was for the tournament to be scrapped. And if that, you know, that, that put them on a mission this year and uh, most of the players, Jared Butler said to me, he goes, you know what? It was almost harder the way we screwed up the Big 12, the end of the Big 12 last year. And they went two and three down the stretch. Um, they were they were up in the Big 12, and they kind of – they just gave it away. So he said, we're really on a mission to win the Big 12 regular season right now as much as anything else. So I, I think honestly – I think honestly, like, that's their motivation right now. And right, they got hold of their last three. So, so the best part about that story, and you did the where you told this was on the the podcast with Hummel. The best yeah. part about that story is what is what Mark Vital told you afterwards. So, tell everyone what Mark Vital said. Yeah, Mark Vital looked at me when I said that to him, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know what those other dudes were saying, but like, nah, <laughs> I, I want to win a damn national title." Like, I love Vital so much, man. Right? No, Vital might be if you haven't seen the podcast with with Jason King and Ashley Hodge talking to Mark Vital. He might be my favorite player to talk to in the entire country. Like, he told he told a story on that pod where he said because he was like a YouTube celebrity, kind of like a like a I don't know, like a he blew up. Seven well, he foot. just blew up because he was a Duncan. So yeah, he, he he was a freak. So he was he was a YouTube celebrity, and he said that when he was 15 years old, he got asked to sign his first thing, and it was a diaper that was on a baby. He yeah, signed so, a diaper on a baby. And first said a baby's uh, paper. That's what he said first, and and then I think one of them, like Jason King, was like, "You mean like a diaper?" It's like, "Yeah, a diaper." I'm like, "Oh my god, no, Vital!" Like, if so they'll cool. give like, like I can interview, I could talk to Mark Vital like all day, every day. He, he yeah. he's honestly that entertaining, uh, and he took full accountability. That was the coolest part of listening to that podcast. Honestly, was listening to him say like, "Give Kansas credit." Yeah, we don't feel like we were ourselves, but give Kansas credit and put that loss on me. That was my fault. We got to come out with more energy. 
Um, they outplayed us. They played harder, and that's on me. I'm the senior. I'm the leader, and I can't let that happen. I got to be like Dennis Rodman out there. Yep. Um, all right. So uh, I'm guessing you like West Virginia and the points in that spot. Yeah, I kind of like the money line. I thought about that. Um, Why not? I, Why wouldn't you? No, no. I I, I like it. Um, it's just it, the the number is a little bit big. Uh, for me, that's a, the money line is plus one sixty five. I'll have, I'll have something on it. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to be only on the money line. I think I'm going to take the, the spread as well because I could definitely see a situation where like Baylor is, has their confidence back a little bit, a couple more days under yeah. their belt, totally. um, and and they're able to kind of get this thing going a little bit. But the thing that's hard is that it's hard when when you're in the middle of a season, especially towards the end of the year, it's very difficult to get into shape when you have to make sure that you have your legs for the upcoming games, right? It's a, that's a very difficult balancing act being able to kind of break yourself down to get yourself into the shape that you need to be to win while also, you know, playing basketball and, and doing things like going on the road to the number six team in the country and trying to beat them. Like you don't want to, you don't want to burn your legs out, but you also got to get, it's, 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 it's a very fine line that they're going to have to work to be able to do this. So three, three games in eight days, eight players that have COVID. So not just, players that didn't play for three weeks but are also getting over having COVID. So to mm-hmm. me, again, I'll say that I don't think they're going to still look like Baylor. Could they win this game? Absolutely. And can um, you just – can you can you explain the story that you wrote while all these players were down? Because there were people on uh, – uh, in response to what we said on Monday that were kind of like in – in your mentions that basically said, like, why would Jeff Goodman believe this? I don't believe anything Jeff Goodman says. Oh, because I, I talked to every player. I, t- I did a story on how Baylor was built. So I talked to all 12 players over Zoom, and uh, basically one of them let it slip. That's how I got the information. One of, one of the 12 players let it slip that eight players on their team got hit with COVID this year. Also, uh, a couple staff members. So it, it went through the program hard this time around. And, um, yeah, that's how I got it. Yeah. So that, I mean, <laughs> that, that, that you're not making it up. This isn't a lie that you're making because no. you're, you're trying to cover for Baylor. I don't, I don't think that you I know. People were saying that. People are like, he's trying to protect Baylor. I'm like, I love these Baylor kids. I'm not going to lie to you. But, uh, but yeah, I don't. And, and it's Kansas fans. I mean, Kansas fans. Kansas fans think I hate Kansas. It's like the dumbest thing ever. Now, Kentucky fans think. Bill Self's my best friend. So it, it, it's like, what is it, people? What is it? Like, I, I call it like I see it, period. I mean, Chris Mack's your best friend, so, like, both of them are wrong. Well, Chris Mack's my best friend until he beats my ass and Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> All right, so we're both on Michigan and we're both on West Virginia. Um, it never makes me feel comfortable when we're both on the same side. Yeah. But it is what it is. Uh, there are some other fun games tonight. We actually have um, a really games. interesting one. Uh, Two big and- ones. You better go here next. I'm curious where you're going to go next. Well, it's got to be one of the two. Either either Indiana, Michigan State, or Georgia Tech, Duke. I don't care where you go. You got to go to one of those two. Well, I was going to go with Indiana, Michigan State. That's is where I was going. Okay. Uh, That's- what is that? What is that line? Actually, I, I just closed out the the, the Bet Rivers page. Uh, it is um, three and a half. Michigan State. Michigan State three and a half. What do you like? Michigan State. How do you not? Like you can't you can't like Indiana here. 
Like, I'm sorry. You can't like Indiana here. You cannot want to touch this game. But ultimately, to me, if you're going to bet this game, I think you have to bet Michigan State here. Uh, it, you can't have confidence in Indiana in their guards. Do you, do you have to bet Michigan State here? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you do. Yes. You do. <laughs> yeah, 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 you do. You do. I can't even. I can't even. <laughs> You do. You got a bit Michigan State. Um, no, I just I don't I don't have any faith whatsoever in in Archie Miller, um, and and Indiana in in this spot. Neither uh, did the Indiana fans right now. So yeah, I no. mean the, the the big thing is like, I think Michigan State knows what they're up against, right? Like Indiana, it feels like they've let their chance slip away at this point. I, I kind of don't think that they're going to be able to find a way to get in. Um, when it comes to Michigan State, you win your last two games, and I think that they have a chance to to get into the NCAA tournament. They have three games left, actually, don't they? Um, yes, yes. So it's uh, yeah, they they got to win these these. They have to win tonight and then split with Michigan, and I think that Michigan State will be in. I I think it's something that they should be able to do, um, at least in theory. Uh, but we'll see if that ends up working out. What about um, so you said Duke at Georgia Tech, right? Duke, Georgia Tech, two points. Um, Georgia Tech's given two. I don't know. Can the face shield pull another one off? I mean, this, this game, honestly, if if Pastner and Georgia Tech win this game, they're on the right side of the bubble. Well, they may be there so already. It's kind of, I mean, this is this is about as bubbly of a bubble game as you get. Like these are these are the two teams that are right there on the cut line. You know, they it could end up being a situation where like the winner of this game gets in the tournament and the loser of this game does not get in the tournament. And, and, and I think both teams are kind of in that position where they're uh, they have to view every game as, as kind of like a winner go home kind of a situation uh, right now at that rivers, that line is Duke plus two and a half. Uh, so what do you like? Where are you at here? Oh uh, boy. I don't know. I don't have a good feel on this one. I mean, this is, like, I'd rather talk about uh, the Purdue game, to be honest. I like Purdue. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll go through it anyway. I, I don't have a great feel on Duke-Georgia Tech. I'd probably take Duke just because I, – I, here, here's my thing. Seriously, you want to know why I'll take Duke? Because I think Georgia Tech has to win by 10 or more points to beat Duke tonight. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does everybody else know what I'm trying to say? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like the ACC wants Duke to win this damn game. Mm-hmm. So if it's close, Coach K is going to get a few few calls down the stretch here, period. I don't care mm-hmm. where. It could be a Cameron. Could be in Atlanta. Could be in Augusta at the Peach Jam. I don't care where they play. So the first time these two teams played, I don't know if you remember this, uh, Georgia Tech was probably the better team at Duke. Um, Duke made a couple shots late. Georgia Tech missed a couple shots. Duke made some free throws, and they ended up Duke ended up winning by seven uh, and covering the spread, which was just one of the worst beats I've had this year. Um, so that also came uh, before, uh, I believe, before Jalen Johnson had was he did he play in that game? Let me just double check. Uh, yeah, he did play. He played twenty four minutes. So uh, I, I I think I like. Georgia Tech here, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm probably going to end up staying away. I just these are two teams I don't have a great feel on. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. That's why I'm saying like, like I go Duke, but I don't feel great about it because Georgia Tech's the older, tougher team. 
So I, I think ultimately you still look at this as, as probably the advantage Georgia Tech at the end of the day, especially at the guard position. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Alvarado is a killer. Um, Moses Wright kind of guaranteed victory or whatever he said after the other night. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So you got that one. Uh, and then it's I like Purdue. Purdue, baby. Yeah, I like Purdue here. I don't know about you, but I mean, it, it kind of looks like one of those lines that, again, I jumped on it. I jumped on it. It was the first line I saw that I was like, oh my God, really? Purdue only at one and a half. Now, again, what I'll say is yesterday, if you remember the two games, what were the two games yesterday that I said look like sucker bets? Syracuse, remember? The Carolina, we both took Carolina, and I was like, Syracuse is going to do it to me. And they did. And they did it to me. And there was one other like that, Rob, yesterday. I only lost two games yesterday, so I'll I'll find it right now. Um, But, yeah, there was one one other that just looked like a sucker bet. And and this one has all the makings of of a sucker bet to me. By the way, shout-out to Max for yesterday, Longwood. Yeah, great call, Max. Great call. You might get a return. Yeah, here he is. Yeah, Joe, Joe saying it right now. How about long? No, great call. Yeah, Max, Max can get back on here with that, you know. Like, um, oh, by the way, I found uh, I I, who who sent it to me, um, uh, at Trey underscore Miller three on Twitter sent me a link. Uh, blogging the bracket has a daily schedule for every NCAA or every conference tournament game. Um, so tonight we have four Horizon League uh, quarterfinal games um, that are going to be played. We have Purdue, Fort Wayne at yeah. Cleveland State. We have Detroit at Northern Kentucky. We have Milwaukee at Wright State. And we have Youngtown, Youngstown State at Oakland. So we do have a little bit of conference tournament action. I'm going Fort Wayne. I'm going Fort Wayne here against Cleveland like Fort State. Wayne. I am. I'm taking seven and a half, and uh, I'm taking Fort Wayne there. The other one I kind of like that we didn't talk about and we shouldn't talk about is uh Wake getting seven against Pitt. Like as we talked about with Pitt, they're kind of a dead team. Wake stinks. They, they, Wake covered, the other, they, they, they covered the other night. Pitt covered against NC State. I lost that bet. I, I'm I'm staying away from it. I've, I've had I've had enough of Pitt. I don't think I've gotten one Pitt bet right this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done what with about, hey, what about Xavier at Georgetown giving two? Do you like Xavier? I mean, they're playing for something big here. I know Georgetown's kind of helter-skelter. I still don't feel like Georgetown's as good as what people say. I, I'm tempted to take Xavier here. Go X? No? I, I, I like it a little bit. Um, that two and a half just seems very, very low in that spot. Two. Two. Yeah, it's two. Two and a half at Bear Rivers. Oh, it is up. All right. It was two. Um, yeah. I mean, that one, and I kind of like uh, Alabama 10.5 over Auburn at home. I just feel like that's one where if they can lay the wood on on, on Auburn and just freaking crush them, they're going to, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're going to. They, they, those two schools hate each other. And Alabama hasn't had that game. They, Joe, look at Joe. Joe is like, we are in sync, Joe, today. We are completely in sync. Like literally, as we're talking about, Longwood, the same thing. Alabama, Joe, man, I think it's going to be a good night. So, uh, do um, we know? Do we know yeah. if Sharif Cooper is playing? I think he's done. Like, I, down. 
I, I wouldn't be shocked. I think the Arizona State kids are shutting it down. I mean, look at guys shutting it down now. Jalen Johnson, Terrence Clark, the the two kids at uh, Arizona State, uh, Bagley and Christopher haven't played in a while, I don't think. I don't think they've been back. Now, Arizona State, I, not like I'm checking on them very often. but And now Sharif Cooper. I just think a lot of people are in these kids' ears and, and they get hurt a little bit or team's not winning or they're struggling. It's it's shut it what's down. The what's, the, what's the point of Sharif Cooper playing right now? These games mean absolutely nothing to Auburn. Zero. Z- I mean, zero. Less than zero. What Sharif Cooper needs to do is he needs to get in the gym and make sure he can actually make a jump shot. That's over, what he- over and over. That's right. Um, yeah, so I think we just about covered it. I, I love Michigan tonight. I like West Virginia tonight. I'm going to have a little bit of a sprinkle on the money line. Um, I think both of us agree that we need to be on um, on Xavier. I think both of us are going to be on Alabama. Correct? Yes. Yes. Can I can I talk for a minute about this school? What is that? American Appalachian State. No, no, Austin P. It's Arizona. It's Arizona. Arizona. My alma mater. Can I can I? Riff on, on Arizona right now and their decision with Sean Miller, what to do. Go ahead. So they lost their last game last night. They're done. They took the self-imposed uh, one-year postseason ban this year. Sean Miller has one year left in his contract. Um, listen, athletic director Dave Hickey, President Robbins, uh, as an Arizona alum, make a decision now. Whatever you're going to do, make it now. If you're going to fire Sean Miller, do it today. If you're going to keep him, Give them some sort of phony three-year uh, extension with, with with basically no buyout so you can recruit. Because otherwise, it's just going to set the program back. And, and right now, I'm speaking as an alum, as somebody that, like, it set the program back 12 years ago um, when Lute Olson, um, rest in peace, uh, went through some, some health issues. And remember, Kevin O'Neill took over and uh, Russ Pennell took over with Mike Dunlap one year. And it was kind of a mess and, and when Sean Miller inherited it, and he got it back on track pretty quickly. But uh, ultimately, uh, you have to make a decision, whatever you're going to do immediately, because if you do do something with Sean Miller, which I'm fine either way. You want If you want to cut ties with Sean Miller, you can do it now. If you want to uh, wait until the penalties come out and, and keep him for another year or see what happens, uh, I'm fine with that too. But But – Shit or, shit or get off the pot. Like, do something now. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You got anything else? That's it. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.